What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful day so far. Um, hope you had a nice Christmas as well. Uh, today on the podcast, Laura Bunyo. I don't know if I pronounced your last name correctly, Laura, so I really apologize. Laura is part of an organization called Pride in Music, which is an organization that promotes and helps and works in the music industry with the LGBTQI plus community. Um, really special organization. And I thought it was about time to get them on the podcast and talk about a little bit what they do. Um, first time of I have ever spoke to Laura and it was a great conversation. Enjoy. Lars, how are you? I'm really good, thanks, Will. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's um, It's Friday night. I've got the weekend off. Um, and after this podcast, I'm about to, uh, raid my parents' work Christmas do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. What have you been up to? That sounds like an amazing <laughs> evening ahead of you. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Where, whereabouts are you at the moment? Uh, I'm just at home at the moment. I'm, I live in a little place called Wallington. Where's that? Which nobody's ever heard of. It's next to Croydon. So oh, okay. sorry. Yeah, okay. just near Croydon. Nice, nice. Well, are you from there? No, I'm actually from West London, born and bred. But uh, this, uh, just before the pandemic hit, I actually bought my first place. Yeah. And uh, Wallington was where I could afford to buy. But I really like it here, actually. It's very leafy and cool and there's loads of parks and stuff. So that's nice. really nice. How was, how was the first time buying feeling? <laughs> That was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they say that's like the three like most stressful things you can do in your life is like buying a house, getting divorced and like bereavement. And, and yeah. It and was... probably getting married as well. Everybody oh, that yeah, I know. Probably that. Yeah. Which makes no sense because they're all the things that society tells us we have to do, which is, yeah, which yeah. is wild. <laughs> uh, yeah. The one thing about buying a house is like you're the landlord. And you have yeah. to you have to deal with everything. There's no one to call. <laughs> exactly. So if something breaks, it's all on you. Like I had a leaky, <laughs> such a stupid story. But it's just like I had a leaky tap. I had a leaky like um, sink yeah. in, in my bathroom. I was just like, I don't know. Let me see if I can have a go at like fixing this myself. Apparently, no, I cannot fix things myself. <laughs> Thankfully, I've got a neighbour who um, who does a little bit of plumbing, so I got them round. And but yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, I need to deal with this stuff now. Yeah, no, I definitely. It's um, it's definitely interesting. It's de- it's definitely worth it, but I think it is is a different time when you're used to renting. Um, so. I wanted to get you on um, this podcast because I know what you guys do, but before I know what you do, but nobody else knows what you do. So <laughs> I'd love you to like kind of explain a little bit on what you guys do and um, yeah, take it from there. And then we can just roll with that. Absolutely. So um, I am on the board, a uh, steering committee of Pride in Music Um so what we are is kind of cross-industry non-profit organization for the LGBTQ plus community artists and allies working within British music. So, um, did you yeah, read we, that? Cause that was like, a <laughs> that was like, or have you said this so many times that you're just like, 
I couldn't possibly say. I might have had notes because uh, <laughs> I was uh, nervous coming on a podcast. I mean, you don't, don't need to don't be nervous. Shame me for that. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> That's so good. Um, so, what exactly do you guys do? So I think we do different things for for different aspects of the industry. Um, for example, we we work both across kind of people that are in labels like myself or, yeah. you know, other kind of behind the scenes side of things. And then we also work with artists a lot. So, mm. for example, some of the things that we've done with artists is we have a kind of, uh, we have a yearly ones to watch list yeah. that we, um, we work with those artists, you know, we, we promoting them, but also we want to really develop that so that we can work more closely with them kind of throughout the year yeah. and look at different opportunities to help put them to the forefront. One of the things that we did do a few years ago is we we chose one of the opening acts for Mighty Hoopla. Okay. So it was a really great opportunity for us to be able to put up-and-coming LGBTQ artists in front mm. of a really massive audience for the first time which is really exciting for us um but we've done other things as well recently we partnered with netflix to do an online seminar um on how to get the get themselves in front of people for sync so tv and film interesting so that was really cool and um but now what we've done is kind of as a follow-on from that netflix now come to us um for queer music okay. and so we then go to our members encourage them to submit their music for specific things that netflix has got going on that's queer specific that's amazing so i take it you work for a label as well right i do, do you yeah work, you work for that's BMG. a day job <laughs> yeah so you work for bmg right I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your roles there? Uh, so I work in frontline recordings as a marketing manager. I've got quite a cool and diverse roster. So yeah, it, it's it's nice because I get to dip across all different kind yeah. of genres and stuff. It's it's not just one thing, and it keeps it really interesting. For me. So so what do you what, like frontline record recordings? What does that what does that entail for you? So that means I, I deal with all of our our new new releases. Amazing. Well, my own roster of them, not everything, because then I would just you know wither and Wouldn't die. Wouldn't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't cope with that. Yeah. No, but we've got like different sections of the business. So we've got like our catalog mm-hmm. uh, department who do an incredible job, like promoting back catalogs yeah. of of the artists that got signed for that. But then we've got Frontline, which deals with all our new releases. Okay. Cool. And you, how many artists do you, do you look after? Uh, a few, <laughs> quite a few. It depends as well as people kind of come in and yeah. out of cycle, yeah. how actually active they are. Mm. Um, I did count it up a while ago, but I can't remember at the moment. Uh, uh, put me on the spot there. I, right. I don't know. Matter. I don't know. I guess about like, maybe like 10 domestic and then one of the things that i also do is i am the uk country specialist so i deal with all of our incoming uh music from our nashville imprint wow records yeah that's amazing i've like I'm, i'm going to be slated for this by all my friends but i'm i've recently got into country music quite hard 
and, love that. <laughs> and like I'm yeah I'm hooked on it at this moment in time and it's kind of dangerous but all I, I want to quit everything and just become a country artist I mean you've got the beard for it <laughs> I just don't really have the accent and I can't play a guitar but uh, minor details it, it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine there's loads of really great UK um UK country actors is there well, really so, yeah who yeah well like I've got a couple on my roster I've got the Shires who are um incredible UK country act I've also got um an artist called Twinny as well and you know there are other ones that other labels um yeah it is out there um and it's a growing scene so check well, it out I'll send you some stuff it's it's amazing how big it is in America and Canada like when I remember I I used to um spend quite a lot of time in Calgary in Canada and Garth Brooks would literally like do 10 nights in a stadium in a row and you're just like no no one can do this it's massive like it's I'd... absolutely incredible like and they've got they've thing is they've just got such a developed um country music scene in in America they've got all the tools to really kind of make it happen whereas you know over here it's it's growing but mm. it's not that same level like it's a mainstream massive yeah. massive thing over there i think Huge. i think just the culture in the uk is just very different for america and compared to america and, and canada with just generally for country music if you know what i mean it's just very different um but i do like it i i want it i've seen c6 steve live and he was great. Have you? Yeah, I saw. Him. Oh, I've seen him live as well at the Roundhouse. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, I bet that was amazing. I saw him at Glastonbury, um, which was it was like a Sunday afternoon, and it was sunny on the Pyramid stage. And I was like, we just sat down and watched. Didn't have a flipping clue who this dude was, um, but he was great. But yeah, and they get some serious streams as well. Oh my god, hugely, yeah. Hot country on Spotify is just like massive. Like I think it's like six point five million followers or something like that. Hot country yeah. is is that what's is that a playlist? Hot country is like the biggest, one of the biggest. Um, yeah, one of the biggest, big, biggest I'm, Spotify playlists. But then there's you know there's huge, huge ones on all I'm, the different. I'm literally DSP about platforms. to follow this now. Yeah, six point six million. Jesus. Yeah. That's that's my bedtime listening. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so what made you get into the whole pride in music and d did you have a, a kind of lead in setting it up or were you just asked to, to be on the board and kind of help run things? Um, I'm quite a new addition to the board, actually. Oh. Um, so my my colleague, Mark Fabish, mm -hmm. um he he has been involved for for quite a long time kind of since the inception um and on the steering committee and one of the things that i've been working on with mark at bmg over the last quite a few years now is kind of setting up uh, an employee network group mm. to um for the lgbtqia plus community yeah. within um within the company so we've been doing stuff internally um for example we've been organizing you know pride events for the last three or four years mm. i think and um you know we've been doing stuff for trans day of remembrance yeah. um 
and you know and all kinds of stuff around that LGBT um, history month in February as well. So mm. we've been kind of working together for a long time. I was very aware of Pride in Music and the great work they were doing through Mark and, mm. you know, how he's been kind of promoting it within the company. And then I think it was around our kind of Pride celebrations this year. Um, they were looking for new board members and Mark asked whether or not, you know, I'd be interested in being put forward for yeah. it. And I absolutely jumped at the chance. I was just like, yep, yeah, please. Yep. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> would love it if they want me i'm so happy to be there <laughs> i love that is it a bmg kind of ran organization like a like a side off from bmg no 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 so there's kind of separate things so we've set up a kind of em employee um group within within bmg that's called uh, pride at work yeah Okay. Um, but that's that's a separate thing. Um, but Pride in Music is very much kind of mm. was set up independently and is cross industry. But um, what's been great is you know, you know the Pride in Music have have been fantastic at getting involved with stuff that we've been doing at BMG yeah. as well. For example, um, Jamie. Uh, Ahi, who um, is one of the founders of Pride in Music, was actually um, recently did an incredible panel for us mm. um, for on kind of trans in the workplace, and okay. that was done in conjunction with like our our, our German office and yeah. with the kind of our uh, kind of our our was it our, our kind of company group Bursalsman yeah. their kind their cross Bursalsman group called Be Queer as okay. well so they've been really brilliant at supporting stuff within labels that's amazing so is it do you when you're working with the labels when you're working with Pride in Music <clears throat> are you specifically pushing LGBTQI plus kind of people to get signed to get work like how does what's kind of do people come to to you or is it more so just making awareness of people in the industry i mean i think we've we we do both yeah. we have obviously got initiatives that we do for example like the netflix one yeah. um netflix partnership i mentioned before which is very much kind of putting lgbtqi plus artists to the forefront same with mighty hoopla mm. one of the things that we do as well is you know pre-pandemic times uh, we'd have um fairly regular networking events yeah. as well so that would be more aimed at people across the industry that mm. wanted to join and connect with other lgbtqi plus um professionals within the music industry so there was that element to it. That's something that I think we've been catering to by doing panels as mm. well during the pandemic. For example, we did a great one um, during Pride Month that was specifically focused on LGBTQ women yeah. in music. Um, so that was a brilliant panel, and that was in partnership with the Musicians Union. Mm. One of the great things yeah. is, you know, we've we've been able to partner with some of these big organisations within the industry, like that, like the BPI, like the Ivers and mm. stuff, in order to to put stuff like that on for people. Yeah, I think it's really important um, because it's it's. I think it's so important to talk about it 
more regularly for just not just in music just in society right everyone it has the right to do and be who they want to be and i think i think it's getting there i think i i don't know if you you might think different but it feels like things are moving forward and people are a lot more open to people being who they are and kind of accepting who that is are you finding it changing in the industry um i think you know we everything is is changing and kind of moving forward and that's really brilliant to see i think there's still loads of work to yeah. to keep on doing and i think the other thing to to think about is that things don't always just keep progressing forwards no. you know 100%. you have to keep on fighting things and fight to keep moving forwards because mm. as we've you know as we've seen over last few years things can just as easily you know one false step and things can move backwards again mm. and rights that we thought that we have would can be taken away from us and in what sense um for example i think it was in hungary where there was basically they brought in something that's equivalent to section 28 in the uk where it was stopping um stopping teachers in schools from discussing lgbtqia plus topics yeah. or you know relationships mm. and you know that that felt like a real kind of step backwards mm. so there are just as much as we can progress forwards things can be taken away if we don't keep yeah. on pushing in that direction yeah totally what's your thoughts on it, it that's that's no longer section 28 is no longer happening in the uk correct 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 when and that's it, something that very much kind of grew up with as well at school so mm. it wasn't until i think it's 2001 it could be wrong it could be could be a bit later than that actually um when it was rescinded but mm. yeah i guess <laughs> there's there's for some reason there's massive controversy controversy around it and i'm not too sure why i I think it's maybe just old, old people running the the countries, right? And kind of, I don't know. Do, do, what's your thoughts behind it? Is like, why do people have such issues with it? What with Section Twenty Eight? No, with just talk like education and talking about LGBTQI and things like that. Um, because it's always been around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I think, and I think the thing that people always go to is like, is oh, children are too young to to understand, yeah. you know, talking about those kinds of things. You need to wait until they're older. But, but we tell we teach children about heterosexual relationships, yeah. and you know, and the the gender binary, and so you're having those conversations about emotional relationships mm. and the only time at which it becomes that it seems to become problematic for people is when it falls outside of heteronormativity yeah. um, and the gender binary. Somehow at that point they find it, it becomes too complex to speak to children mm -hmm. about, which yeah. is really, I think, at the end of the day, just showing their own bias and bigotry when they when they come to that point. Yeah. Because really, there is nothing, there's nothing um, 
explicit or age inappropriate mm. about discussing romantic relationships yeah totally it's it's you know just because so just because you're talking about sexuality that falls outside of heterosexuality doesn't mean that it's somehow you're going to be talking about inappropriate things you're going to be talking about sexually explicit things that's not Mm. what it's about so i think i think people use a lot of things to kind of cover up what they what they what they really feel about things under the guise of protecting children yeah no i i hear that i think society tells us all a lot of things that aren't true not just in in this subject it just society tells you there's so many stereotypes right and i think stereotypes sometimes are right us they're stereotypes because they are true sometimes but sometimes or a lot of the time they're not um and i've noticed it massively especially in my kind of line of work that you're seeing a lot more females on lineups a lot more females uh wanting to um be producing djing um you see a lot more lgbtq plus i sorry i always forget all of the all of the numbers the words letters (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's what the plus is there for yeah it's just like forget (laughs) well it was always just lgbq and then there's 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 a few more is there a few more letters as well that's added on uh so the IA are probably the, the ones that people are less familiar with. Yeah, what do they so mean? Sorry. I, I stands for intersex. Okay. Um, and then A stands for asexual. Okay. What's intersex? Sorry, so, I'm like fully no blind. Way. I, I want to know. That's that's totally fine. Asking questions is important, yeah. and that's how that's how all of us learn. No, so it, intersex... Um, so when we talk about... Um, when we talk about things, we normally talk about either gender or we talk about sex. Yeah. So um, we talk a lot of the time about, you know, how, how gender is very much um, a spectrum and there are mm. loads of different um, combinations and identities within that for sure. But then what I think is talked about less is that actually sex biological sex is a spectrum as well Mm. so there are um there are people who um who are somewhere between that binary okay um and that can be on a kind of chromosomal level and you know there's no kind of outward um signs necessarily that someone is intersex but then it can it can relate to their kind of uh to their biology and Mm. kind of and 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 physical attributes as well so um and that's something that's not is that discussed a lot um i don't have the the stats in front of me in regards to how common it is but it's certainly i think a lot more common than people realize Yeah. yeah and yeah i've never heard of that yeah one of the things that's 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 been that's quite upsetting as well is that you know in a lot of cases previously i think you know hopefully things are changing slightly now but certainly there's a lot of what was 
deemed kind of corrective surgery, unnecessary mm, yeah, yeah. corrective surgeries um, done to intersex children that were born in order to force them into, you the know, uh, into the gender binary, yeah. into the sexual binary. That's fucked. Yeah. That's that's messed up. But yeah, what I was saying is that it, it seems in like the the electronic music scene, it's slowly getting better with more lineups with diverse or more diverse lineups more diverse people producing and kind of being aware but it's still very far away from being 50 50 um sure is that the same in in most genres of music that you work in or is that or do you, or arts or do you see that there's certain genres that are very heavy on the lgbtqi plus or what's your what's your thoughts on that um so i think we saw it a lot didn't we like a little while ago when i think it was like the reading and leeds lineups mm. people took all of the um all of the male um artists off the lineup yeah. and kind of saw what was left yeah. and there's still an underrepresentation of non-male mm. artists on those lineups yeah. unfortunately um i want to butt in i want to i want to come back to this question but also add something to that though like i want to play devil's advocate on that side of things and a festival has to sell tickets right yeah um and there is only a certain amount of artists that will sell big number tickets Mm -hmm. at this moment in time right for sure um and wrongly a majority of them are, are males at this moment in time there are a lot of a lot of ticket selling artists that aren't but how does a festival that's trying to that has to sell tickets that has sure. that has to kind of have the business side of it to survive kind of do a lineup that is 50 50 because I, I haven't thought about it until literally this conversation i have not even because i'm i'm all for having as many diverse lineups going but it's also like i've never thought like actually there's not is there many big artists that can sell the tickets that they need to sell i mean i think that there are some incredible fantastic um female and female fronted oh 100 you know yeah. acts out there that can can absolutely sell tickets yeah. and i think if you don't if you don't put the if you don't actively try mm. and change what those lineups are looking at what what it does as well is there's that adage of you cannot be what you cannot see totally so yeah, no, i respect that yeah it 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 it, it creates a knock-on effect mm, yeah. so if there are female non-binary artists kind of coming up and you know or or you know kids yeah. just going to festivals and yeah. if they can't see themselves mm, represented totally. on those stage then how are they necessarily going to have the inspiration to think oh that's something that you know 
that's a world that mm. I belong in. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something that I can be a part of too, mm. and I can follow my passions, and it will lead me there. Yeah, you know. So I guess realistically, like, does that does that come down to? it realistically comes down to labels, right? Signing more diverse lineups, more diverse artists. For sure. I think it's, I think it's something that requires a concerted effort across mm. all aspects of our industry, yeah. you know, um, whether that be, um, whether that be live, whether that be records, whether that be, you know, any, any aspect of, of what we do, mm. you know, it's, it's got to be a concerted effort on all parts for sure. Do you guys, um, with Pride in Music, do you guys advise any festival kind of bookers or anything like that to kind of help them with that? I mean, certainly we've, um, like I say, there are certain festivals that we work with, like the Mighty Hoopla, mm. which I think are, you know, quite quite diverse in the first place. So maybe we're kind of pe yeah. preaching to the choir there. Yeah, 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 and yeah. certainly, you know... There, there are, there are, there are always going to be the kind of crowds that are receptive to that in the totally. first place. And actually, yeah. you know, where where's the work needed elsewhere? Yeah, and I think um, that's that's my thoughts. Is that's that certainly it, something to grow into for sure. Yeah, because I think it's there's 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 a lot of festivals that and clubs and everything really that the bookers aren't necessarily as knowledgeable as they should be if you know what I mean it's like even for me right like I'm when I'm kind of booking support acts for a tour it's like I have to really dig deep in who I'm picking to that a fits with what I want to do b allows me to kind of introduce new music to kind of the crowds that come in to see me and also that fits so everyone so it's a diverse lineup and it's harder than i've than than it sounds if that makes sense to kind of get all, all three of those um and i think it would be great if there was organizations that would really help that um and and help that help big festival bookers go come on, we're going to do this and we're going to make sure it's like, it's really good. Because I think also it's it's so ingrained and I'm not saying it's right at all and I don't think it should be right. I don't think it should be this, but it's so ingrained that you're going to see the same lineups everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would love it if, you know, if there were if there were, say, festival bookers that wanted to make their lineups more yeah. diverse and actually wanted that that kind of input from us, I'd say that would be, you know, if there are any festival bookers mm. listening that yeah. want to reach out, by all means, please do. And I'm sure we'd, you know, we'd love to, to help advise on that, on making more diverse lineups for sure. Yeah, that would, I think that would be really helpful. And, and I think it would also... But I, the thing that amazes me is that people festivals clubs blah 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 like no one's really asking like what they should be booking or who what it's almost like here's what you get this is what you're getting rather than asking the community and i think the community would talk louder than most realistically 
Um, but it doesn't seem that that's the case for some reason. Well, I think one of the things that we need kind of on the whole across the industry is more representation in the positions of power within music. Mm. So that's, you know, that comes into who's booking those slots yeah. and, you know, who's making, who are the decision makers in labels, you know, making signings yeah. and so on. You know, the more, the more diverse people you have in those positions of leadership, the more things will be able to to change and people will have that knowledge in mm. order to 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 bring all of that into the equation yeah it's so strange isn't it because the barriers society puts up for what who can and can't do art is ridiculous if you think about it it's literally like it could be the best artist in the world but because they're of a minority they it they just don't get the look in mm -hmm. it's like if they don't fit into one of the boxes where do you put them yeah which is mad because as artists are supposed to not fit in any boxes yeah where do you think that started from where the you had to fit in a box um, I think it's one of those things that we do just to kind of, to create a shorthand for ourselves. Mm. You know, we, we create different categorizations for things. Yeah. Um, and we build up a picture of what that, what that categorization means to us yeah. and, and right. We know how to deal with that because we know what it looks like, yeah. but the people I think that are most cutting edge and most at kind of like the forefront of exploring new things are always going to be difficult to categorize. Mm. So then you have to, you have to build new, new categories and new paths and new yeah. ways to operate. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's an interesting time though, because during, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but during COVID and just before COVID, it seems to really start to be making a, a change for the better in music itself. I think that one of the one of the things that made a big difference um, in my world, I think, was when when Blackout Tuesday happened mm. and the ability to stop and have conversations with people and really dig down into some of the things that people have been dealing with yeah. and injustices that were happening in the world and actually having a moment to think about how, how do we prioritize these mm. you know how do we how do we as an industry um prioritize diversity equity and inclusion yeah. in everything that we do you know how can we our actions change things for the better mm. yeah i guess that's the powerful thing with social media right is that you can create a movement very quickly and it can kind of go viral to a certain extent and when the message is right enough people will jump on it 
and kind of push that message out. What's the plans for Pride in Music for the future? What's your what's the big goals of the organization? Is it is it a charity? Uh yeah, yeah. So it is um it's like a charitable organization, so we do count as charity. Mm. Um so I think one of the things that we were really keen to do before before the pandemic started yeah. and everything kind of got put on hold. Um I think we were wanting to work with kind of homeless charities as well. And homelessness is something that's very, um, very much prevalent within the LGBTQIA plus community, I guess, because, you know, there are instances of families or, you know, places that people come from not necessarily being accepting of different gender identities and different sexualities and stuff. So that's certainly something that we wanted to use our, our path doing that's something that we really want to look into for the future. Yeah. Um, we'll be continuing kind of our partnerships with, um, with industry organizations mm. and kind of trying to push those forwards as well. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that was a real, which is a real shame this year is we didn't get to go and march in pride because yeah. London pride was canceled, which yeah. was such a shame. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll be looking to next year for that and we'll be looking at what we can do in those mm. areas and how we can, you know, make that the best celebration that it can possibly be. Yeah, that would be, that's going to be a special one. I think there's going to be a lot of marches around the world that, didn't happen last year that are going to definitely happen this year which would be nice to see yeah definitely we felt like it, we really missed a moment for our community to kind of come together and 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 just feel that togetherness that you get at pride yeah. and yeah there are all kinds of criticisms of how pride has become commercialized and you know a lot of that is in, incredibly valid but at the same time it it, it allows a moment in the year where people that don't feel like they're seen as their authentic selves mm. the rest of the year can come and they can feel validated yeah. and they can feel seen and they can feel like they've found their people. And that's totally. one of the really powerful things about it. I, I don't think that it's... My, this is only my personal views. I don't think it's become commercialised. I think it's just when people say that it's got commercialized it just feels like it was well, just got popular and i think the more popular something gets the the more eyes it gets on something which in the grand scheme of the message is the best thing possible for that for that community um and also you have the best parties around pride <laughs> it's like the best that time is true. <laughs> that is true i think i think when people talk about the commercialization of pride it's like you know big companies trying to kind of cash in on the pink pound yeah. and you know that that aspect of it but i think there was something really interesting that i saw and really powerful that i saw that was just about you know yes there's there's an aspect of that new and and you do see see brands trying to do that but then it's talking about you know, as a young kid, what it would have meant to you to yeah. kind of walk through a shopping centre and just see rainbows everywhere mm. and see and see that the community is being 
celebrated in a in a mainstream way and actually what effect does that have on you know kids and young people growing up feeling that the world that they're moving into is less scary and more accepting overall of them and who they are and who they want to be yeah i think it's really important and i yeah i agree with there's a lot of companies that a lot of corporate companies that kind of jump on a bandwagon because it they kind of it kind of feels like they have to or they're just doing what they feel is right or but then I think a lot of them don't actually carry on with what they say they're doing they just do it just to show um which is a bit weird uh, but I think most people. Yeah, can... that's the thing when it's just like, oh, everything's yeah. uh, everything's about Pride in June, and yeah. then uh... <laughs> and then don't. And then what about the rest of the year? It's yeah. like you got to have that follow through as well. It's you know, Pride Month is a great moment to be able to highlight things and and be a real kind of beacon. But if the work doesn't continue the rest totally. of the rest of the year, then it's just lip service. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um... And then it's starting to just tick boxes again. And it goes back to what, what we were talking about. It's just com- corporations just ticking boxes just for the sake of, because they have to, where they don't afterwards go and employ people from LGBTQ or more women, more, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sticky subject. Um, but hopefully as generations get older, um, they the people running companies kind of become a little bit more diverse or a lot more diverse. And I think that's when you'll see a a huge, huge change in it all. For sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, It's been amazing to, to, um, to talk to you on this. How can people follow the organization and get involved or reach out to you or whatever? Um, sure. So if you go to prideinmusic.org, that's our website, and you can find all the information about the organization on there. And it should also, um, just checking actually to make sure, but I'm pretty sure like all of our social media will be on there as well. But if not, you can find us on Instagram. Um, and you, we've also got um, one thing that you definitely can find through our website is, you know, all of our kind of Spotify playlists mm. where we're highlighting queer artists across the across the industry. Do you know any of the names of those? A- any of the head. playlists? Yeah. Uh, well, we've got various ones. We've got ones for like our ones to watch. Um, for our yearly ones to watch we've also got ones that we do around pride we've also got a trans playlist and we've got i think a black pride playlist as well so that specifically highlights kind of black queer artists amazing so there's a there's a good mix in there for you to dig into awesome thanks so much for coming on um this is coming out after christmas no this is actually coming out yeah this is coming out after christmas so (laughs) hope you had a good christmas (laughs) um and let's hopefully catch up soon when if if you guys are doing anything big and and want want to promote it you're more than welcome to come on and we can talk about it we'd love that thanks Thanks so much much, Lars. keep safe have a great one you too bye Bye. and that's a wrap i will put links in the descriptions um so if anybody listening wants to reach out to them or want some help with them then go for it um get involved and uh make the most of it have a great week keep safe see you soon
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.